0: And now I want to introduce Robert. I have a couple things I want to say about Robert. You can come up here. (laughs) So I'm telling you, Robert is one of the best men that I know because for a number of reasons, Jamie married up. (laughs) Robert married up too, but Jamie married up you know they're they're different in a lot of ways, but their differences work for them, and they complement one one another, and they can spur each other on in their differences and I remember when Jamie came into his house one day when they first married it was dark in there, and all she did was raise up the blinds, and Robert was like, "Oh, it looks so great in here, it looks so great and all she did was rise up raise up the blinds so light could come in <laughs> and he had been in the dark for a while um <laughs> But I want to say Robert Robert is such a such a man of God. And earlier when I was talking about stepping out from the confines of the umbrella, I feel like Robert does that too in a whole different kind of a way. He's currently in the world, you know, everybody's trying to modernize things and that's great because we want to step out into the new, but Robert Robert has such a a soul that I mean he I feel like he's a little bit old school but that's who Robert is and he wears it well he walks in it well he steps out in it well like he Robert is Robert he doesn't have to change who he is and that's how he steps out of the confines of the umbrella because he doesn't allow people to tell him how he should be what he should say how he should act he's just him all the time all the time every day whatever he does and when Robert speaks you know he has spent time with God because the words that come out of his mouth are powerful, intense, anointed. And he can laugh and joke. But that's him spending time with God, too, because God is not always serious. God likes to have fun, too. But there's an anointing on his life. And, and I just want to introduce him in that way because he is a man of God. And no matter what he says, you know that he has spent time in the, with, in the presence of God. He'll go into his prayer closet. He reads. He, he watches the things that he says. He watches the things he puts on his TV. I um, mean, he, he truly has a relationship with God. And I don't know what he's about to talk t- about today, but I know that it's going to be good.
1: That was so nice of you, Crystal. That really was. <laughs> and I like to mess with Crystal sometimes and give her a hard time. So did we record that, by the way? <laughs> I need to go back and listen to it. Hey, we're all, we're all a work in progress, praise the Lord. Nobody's arrived yet. Some of us are closer than others, maybe, but anyway, it's a blessing, of course, to get to speak to you guys. It's, it's a blessing and it's an honor, you know, because to get to speak to people that you know and to think that, oh, they may receive, then, it, of course, is, is a great, great honor you know, there really is, we were talking about this, I was at a men's thing yesterday morning, um, the difference between the man and the anointing. And sometimes, you know, you may really have trouble receiving from that individual, you know, on a humanistic type level, but, but the anointing on their lives, you know, can speak volumes. So, and I think we do that in here. We, we receive from one another on that level. So I, I, I feel like God has something for us today. And uh, the title of my message is, to me, was always kind of an intriguing title, and I'm not the one to come up with this, but actually, I think there's several books that have used the same title, but I heard it years ago, and then just recently, uh, I kind of got interested in it. Uh, The title is A Place Called There, and then I might add to that, have you been there? (laughs) Right. You know, I, I guess... For me, maybe it fits kind of like my best class in school was looking out the window. You know, I was always excelled in that. So I was kind of like one of these guys that was there, but not quite there. And so, uh, you know, God's calling us there to a place called there. And it's a different place for everybody, you know. But it's obviously a place of knowing and experiencing God and that's where he desires us to be. And, you know, we're so blessed because it, it's like, I think, some church groups, they relate to God out of a set of rules. And there, there are rules, you know, obviously in Christianity. We're to love one another, to do right by our brother, to do right by our sister, all these things. And they're important. They count. They matter, you know. But at the same place, we don't relate to God out of a set of rules. We relate to God out of a heartfelt relationship, out of a gratitude. You know, I couldn't just relate to Jamie out of a, out of a set of rules because it wouldn't be a live, a, a living relationship. You know, it, you relate out of the heart. We had a little difference of opinion about something last night. And um, I could feel like the tension starting to rise. But, you know, in the end, uh, the relationship and a heartfelt desire to, to love one another is what ultimately wins out in the end. And so, are you guys are you guys with me? I mean, so far so good. Can I can I get a year? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so Father, we love you this morning. We worship you, we honor you. We magnify you. We desire to meet with you today. We desire to find the meeting place with God a place of knowing you, a place of experiencing you, dear Father. We desire a heartfelt experience, a heartfelt encounter with you today that we'd never be the same again in Jesus' name. And I have an interesting scripture kind of to start out with, and it is not one that uh, I am an authority on by any shape, form, or fashion, and I do think that is something that... Um, we uh, are familiar with but maybe we're not so familiar with it in a lot of ways i wonder which way this thing fits maybe like this kind of interesting yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, this would be yeah. the way all right well you say where is this scripture let me get my notes and look <laughs> it's in the book of exodus you know kind of of course we don't really look at our bible so much i hate to say i mean it's all like phone kind of driven back in the day you know you say book of exodus and everybody start turning back that way turn your phone or your tablet or your bible back in that direction um a place called there which brings up the question so where exactly is there and i think we all have a little bit of an idea see i think this thing works something like this yes you had to put As I get taller and shorter, I can. <laughs> all right, you guys got it. Exodus twenty-five twenty-one. Exodus twenty-five twenty-one. So God is talking with Moses, and He's talking to him about the tabernacle. The place we're going to read deals specifically with the Ark of the Covenant, and of course, as we all know, the Old Testament is types and shadows for today, and this obviously, you know, sets us up for something. And so there's a setup here, and we're trying to answer out of this, and maybe some other spots, uh, where exactly is there? And then I want to ask this question, have you ever been there? I think we have, you know, one way or the other, maybe sometimes we're more uh, powerful than others, but have you ever been there? Amen. I have. I mean, I'm I'm not bragging, but it's a good place to be. That's a good question, Crystal. We'll find out. We'll find out. I think you know. All right, so Exodus 25, 21, God's speaking to Moses. He's speaking to him about the Ark of the Covenant, and he says, You shall put the mercy seat on top of the Ark, and in the ark you shall put the testimony which I give you. Then he says, these are key words, there I will meet with you from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim, which are upon the ark of the testimony. I will speak to you about all I will give you in the commandment for the sons of Israel. Now he says, I will speak to you, and in the Amplified it says, I will speak intimately with you. So, I mean, it has a a sense of of a depth about it. And he says, there I will meet with you. Say like, okay. (laughs) So would we all stand in agreement that God desires to meet with us today? Yes. Would we stand in agreement that we don't just have to come to church to meet with God, although you certainly can meet with him here? Yes. Have you ever met with the Lord in the past? Now, you follow me in this, that it, it may not have been, obviously Jesus may not have walked into, uh, you know, into your room in a vision. He, he could have, obviously. But you had an encounter with God. Has it ever caught you almost by surprise? I have. I can't tell you how many times I have. Just the other Wednesday night we were here, and um, it was for the praise and worship night that Jane was mainly leading us in. And I was just tired, you know. I mean, I'm like, it's Wednesday. I'm working that day. And then I've been like working out, swimming laps. Uh, I did that Tuesday. And then Monday, I think I was at the jail. No, Monday we drove back from Kentucky. I was just tired, you know. So I'm here. I'm kind of like here. Okay. And then at the end, after this uh, 45 minutes of worship time, you know, uh, Jane says, anybody want to come up? And her and Mark prayed. And I kind of came up like, you know, here I am, <laughs> do, do, do what you can, and she laid hands on me, I, I mean, both of them did, and I just went boom, I mean, I just went straight over, and I mean, there was such a release, I was on the floor for who knows, five, maybe I don't, it might have been ten minutes, but I mean, I was just on the floor like, oh, wow, when I got up, I felt so different, I was there, I mean, I mean, you know, I, there, there's always depths to this, you know. And sometimes you may be deeper over in that place with God than, than other times. But I was there, you know. And it was totally unexpected. I mean, I wasn't looking for it. I wasn't thinking like, gee, you know, if they pray for me, tonight I'm going to fall over. You know, kind of like one of those kind of things. Or, you know, how spiritual can I act this evening like that? I, I You know, it wasn't, it just was, it was there. <laughs> I was there. I don't know why, but this, this, this instant just kind of has... I haven't forgotten it. Uh, this may have been several years ago. It was a Saturday morning, and Jamie and I were both in the, the kitchen at the house. You know, I was probably fixing my usual coffee and a biscuit, you know. I'm the kind of guy that does the same thing all the time. It, you might call it old school, whatever you could, might want to call it, but uh, you might not want to call it new because it's kind of the same old just having fun with you guys you know it's all fun all right kind of the same old same old anyway so usually saturday sunday I'll, I'll fix a biscuit that kind of thing so i'm sure i was fixing my biscuit jamie turned on we have a little tv in the kitchen she turned it on and i think we some we switched over to youtube on it It was some uh, song or something she wanted to hear and i was just like moping around in the kitchen still you know it, it wasn't terribly early may have been eight something and i'm like you know going to get my biscuit this kind of thing I don't know if you guys caught that. Put a little Southern in there for you. Going to get my biscuit. Okay. All right. So I'm going to get my biscuit. Is that the way they say it? In <laughs> they were from the little town of South Carolina where my, my dad grew up, so I'm pretty well acquainted with this town. So anyway, so I'm going to get my biscuit, you know, and she turns on this song, and I'm telling you, man, all of a sudden, like, I'm like in one moment, all I'm thinking about is getting me some a biscuit and some coffee, the next moment she turns on this song and I like, I'm like i just like totally arrested in the kitchen. I'm just like all of a sudden I'm standing there, I'm listening to this song and I just started weeping. I started crying and it's just like, have you ever been there? Yes. Oh, isn't it good? Yes. Isn't it good? I'm convinced you guys that God wants to take us there all the more. Praise the Lord. And there's there's a place for this because... I, uh, you know, I did the jail stuff for 25 years, and I I really enjoyed doing it. I I met people that were under a lot of stress and this kind of stuff. And, um, you know, I think some of them, this place called there became a place of security, a place of protection. Uh, What does the Bible say? Um, What does it say? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my, and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. You know what else it says? It says the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run in To it. Um, So I would meet people in the jail under a lot of stress, but I think that the presence of God could be a place of peace and a place of fortress where you could find some relief from all the tension that you were under. Because years before all this, we had done missions work in the former Soviet Union. I was very interested in people that had suffered for their faith, and I had read years before that. (laughs) All this goes back. Uh, God's Smuggler book by Brother Andrew, if anybody's familiar with that one, great, great, but he's a great man of God, great man of God, smuggled Bible and materials and himself into the former Soviet Union before the wall broke and his stories. And then I I read some other stories of men that had suffered there and met some people that had suffered and all this. And so I, I realized my take on some of what they went through, some difficult, difficult, difficult times uh many years in prison many daily beatings was in effect they were there but they weren't there they were in the secret place of the most high have you ever had a difficult day maybe it was at work something like this and somehow you could just enter into this sweet place with god i I work with several guys who work in a warehouse and i worked there for 25 years it's all old school kind of stuff and uh you know, so I'm with them, yeah, we're joking around this sort of stuff. I walk to another area to do some stuff, which I do a lot over in this other area, I'm by myself. And all of a sudden I can just feel this on the inside. The, the the praises of the Lord. I mean just walking, Jesus, I love you. Oh Lord, I worship you, I praise you, I magnify you, I honor you. And all of a sudden I'm I'm being caught up in this, you know. And it's, it's so good. It helps me get through the day a lot of days. And So God wants to take us there. Right. So where is there, you say? You say, well, I think I've been there maybe, but where is it? Let's see exactly where there is. All right. Are you ready? <laughs> I love to see Tina laugh this morning. Man, I tell you what, that is so, so infectious. Praise the Lord. You know, and Sherry can really get me going. I mean there's nobody I guess she gets everybody going but there's nobody like Sherry to get me get me rolling, praise the Lord and the spirit. She goes to like like I could reach her hand out like this and I'm like whoa boy I'll tell you what man. She just like going like this. I'm like oh. All right, so you're saying to me where is there? Where exactly is there? Verse 22, he says, there I will meet with you from above the mercy seat. What does the mercy seat what is the meaning of it? What are the connotations of it? What does it? What's the obvious that it says? Yeah, it's a place of mercy. It, it represents a place of, of government, I read on this, but ultimately where mercy wins over judgment, right? It's the only place that you can meet with God is this place of mercy. You'll never get there on your own. In, in the world, everything's based on human achievement, uh you know and people are applauded for the great things that they have done but as we know in this room you'll never get there with the lord based on your own merit right you only get there by the grace and the mercy of god so it was interesting to me the um you know on the day of atonement that took place yearly for the for the israelites where atonement speaks of covering a covering right and whereas in the new testament we have the word remission which has the idea of a cleansing a wiping away as if it had never been in the old testament they had atonement which had the idea of a covering and as you know the blood of animals was sacrificed and the high priest as we know would enter into this holy of holies and one place that he sprinkled the blood was on the mercy seat and if that is not so powerful I don't know what else could possibly be because the blood of Jesus has been shed and for you and for me and I can meet with God on the basis of the blood. I have a standing with God on the basis of the blood. The Bible says, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we might receive mercy and help in time of need. The only way I can do it is on the basis of the blood. I've been made just. I've been made right. The Bible says, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. My sin has been remitted. It's been cleansed, not just forgiven. Forgiven's a strong word, but remittance is even a stronger word. I can stand before God as uncondemned because of the blood. And on the basis of that blood, I can have communion with God the Bible talks about the communion of the Holy Ghost I can have a sense of knowing him interacting with him and sharing with him and I I really believe honestly you know that's where the Lord wants to take us so so are you ready today you see we're going to get there together amen I know Mark and Jane I mean their heart is that no individual be left behind What was the old thing years ago? No child left behind. Nobody left behind, praise the Lord. Amen. God's got a place in his heart for you and for me. So I've got a great example. I think it's actually one of my favorite little stories in the Bible of some individuals meeting God in the most unlikely of spots. And uh, amen. All right. I just like you guys, you know you are really a fun group. Alex, you know you a lot of fun. Oh, we lost our little Caleb. I was thinking he's a lot of fun. (laughs) Did you guys find my next spot yet? What in the world? What in the world? Come on now. Did I not tell them? I just figured they'd know anyway. Acts chapter 16. You know, sometimes every once in a while at the house, Jamie will think I'm funny, but for the most part, it's kind of like, eh. (laughs) And then I've gotten into this thing where I'll say to her, you know, I say, I am so hilarious. (laughs) You know, guys got to constantly be pumped up amen i mean women bless their heart i mean it's one of these things you know they got to constantly be saying hey you doing good you looking good all this sort of stuff because if you don't tell them that they're like man you know <laughs> i mean i mean where would where would men be without women i'm convinced we'd all be living in our cars somewhere praise the lord amen i'd be like i got everything i need in my truck right now <laughs> i do have one room in the house amen that room is actually out in the garage. It's my, it's, my, it's my happy spot. Amen. I got my TV up there. I got my dartboard out there. I got my uh, amplifier to play my guitar. I got a little refrigerator full of drinks. Come on now. I got some signs on the wall that nothing goes together whatsoever. I mean, you know, it's, the most, it's the most mismatched kind of area. My mom, she had a Tiffany lamp. It's actually, I think, worth a, a lot of money, you know, but, but me and my sister, nobody really knew what to do with it, so I've had it up in the attic. I thought, I'm going to hang that thing from the ceiling of the garage. <laughs> it don't have nothing to do with anything out there, but I just think, i got to hang that thing, you know. It's going to look so good. Praise the Lord. Got my weed eater out there got my lawnmower out there got my cans of gas out there i'm good man i'm good all right all right okay so where is this next spot it is in act you can see i can get lost real quick you know (laughs) acts chapter 16 verse 19 acts 16 19 it is in your bible Okay, so here's a story that I think we're probably, you know, familiar with, but there's some dynamics of it that are just really powerful, and I think it really highlights this whole uh, question of where exactly is there, and God does want you to find that spot, and you know, it's kind of like a moving target. It's interesting, because what got you there last time will not get you there probably at least at the same spot Again, it's a moving target, you know, because the Lord, there are different aspects of God that he wants to, to show to us. And it's like, so we're constantly trying to keep up with him. There's actually an idea of pursuing the Lord. The Bible says that we're to follow after, but that word follow after, it's in Philippians chapter 3, can have the idea of a pursuit. And it's almost as if it's a pursuit of uh, for an elusive target i mean there's some things you got to work at in life amen now i just i just like like telling stuff about jamie and everything so much fun but um i uh we got married really pretty quick and i was really very fast in the whole thing as crystal has been jamie's friend for a long time so she was kind of in on all this stuff in fact i was i was moving so quick that Jamie's uh, was talking with her mother, and they decided to uh, tell me I need to slow it down a little bit. <laughs> it's so funny, you guys. And I was like, I was like, um, I was like, hey, you want me to slow it down? No problem. You just, no problem. I'll just go slow. Don't you worry about it. And, you know, five minutes later, I'm up to the same old things, moving things right along just as fast as I possibly could. <laughs> Now I'm trying to remember what this has something to do with. Praise the Lord. (laughs) A place called there. Oh, I was, I know what it was. I was in hot. Yeah, we're going to get there. Hopefully together. So I was in hot pursuit. There's a passion about it. Because it's a love relationship. And what you want, your elusive target, is the heart of God. And although God's heart is open to all of us, we all know that, praise the Lord. But to reach that place of, of depth, deep calling to deep, you know, to reach that place of sharing, then I must seek the Lord for where he's at, at the moment. Amen. And the word that you have at that moment can be just the right word. But if you think you're going to give that same word, you know, the next day, same time, it's probably not going to work exactly that same way. Are you, are you kind of with me? Yeah, it's so, it's so important, even if you're just witnessing to somebody else, to kind of try and follow the heart of God while, while you're doing it. Because it's not rote, it's not mechanical. Amen. All right, so are you ready for this story? Acts chapter 16. So Paul and Silas, so they were in trouble, which these guys were just amazing, unbelievable, you know, their courage and their boldness. Oh, one of my favorite verses is, the righteous are bold as a lion, but the wicked flee when no man pursues. I mean, that's that's the calling of God right there. So these guys are obviously our example. So Acts 16, 19. Do you kind of remember this, that there was a... a uh, a woman that kept calling after him, saying, "You know, these are these men are the Most High God. Listen to them." And uh, you know, on the surface, you might think, "Well, wow, she's really doing something. She's, you know, uh, you know, she's promoting their ministry." But it, it wasn't of God at all. It wasn't of God, and they knew it. They knew it. And so, basically, he he called that spirit out of her. These are just powerful men. So everybody's mad then because she was a soothsayer. You know, she was making money. Uh, you know, in the marketplace, do, you know, coming up with this kind of thing, familiar spirit type stuff. And so anyway, then people are, are furious with Paul and Silas over it. So verse 19, when her master's talking about this woman, this um, uh, saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas, dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. And when they brought them to the chief magistrates, they said, These men are throwing our city into confusion, being Jews. They are proclaiming customs, which it's not lawful for us to accept or to observe, being Romans. And so it says, the crowd, verse 22, rose up together against them. The chief magistrates tore their robes off them and proceeded to order them to be beaten with rods. That's tough. Amen. I think the only way you can survive that is to be there with the lord right if you're there in your own strength it's 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 not going to be easy right i mean there was a price that has to be paid and there's still a price that has to be paid and i think like many of us that price had to be paid in the near future in the country that we live in you know and sometimes you know god will allow us to go through difficult times because those difficult times will test us and they'll tell us something about ourselves And in the midst of that difficult time, you can sense a strength rising up on the inside that you didn't even realize was there. I think sometimes the greatest, uh, one of the things the devil did that's most effective against the church is by making things easy all the time. You know, sometimes it's not easy to do things that are called of God. Even if it's things just witnessing, going out telling people about Jesus. I don't know about you, but I like comfort. I don't really like confronting people sometimes. You know, it's not easy sometimes talking to somebody else about some kind of blatant sin that you know of in their life. It's never condemnation. We all realize that. But at the same time, the gospel can be blunt. It can be confrontational. And, you know, there's got to be a strength that's there, A, a fortitude that's built up on the inside. So these guys were just... You know, they were something else. So tore the robes off them, proceeded to order them to be beaten with rods. Twenty-three, when they struck them with many blows, they threw them into the prison, commanding the jailer to guard them securely. He, having received such a command, threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. Now, does that sound like a great day? I'm like one of these people I see somebody, you know, I think I was talking with Roger like earlier. I'm like, hey, man, how was your week? And, you know, if he just said, you know, I had a great week. I was witnessing for Jesus and then they stuck me in the dungeon and, and they, they whipped me and, uh, you know, put my feet in the stocks. But I tell you what, I had a really great week. You know, unlikely, you know, I mean, it would be a great weekend that he did something for Jesus, but all that went with it made for a difficult week, right? So, I mean, these guys are in a hurting, difficult spot. But you cannot stop the spirit of a believer. Your heart, my heart on the inside are unconquerable. I will not be conquered, praise the Lord. No hurt, no offense. So many people have church hurt. Can I say something? And I know I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying this. But I'm just going to say it, amen? You say, why are you going to say it? Because I got the microphone, praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> I'm just going to say this. Now, there's always different aspects of it. I get it. I get it. This is just one side of, of the question. I understand that. But I'm just going to say it, man. And I've been there before myself, okay? So we're all in the same boat. But if you and I, if we've had church hurt, we got to keep on going. There is no place, somebody say no place, in the kingdom for somebody sitting at home who loves Jesus on a Sunday morning, continually complaining about church hurt. You got to move on. Today is a new day. I mean, I was hurt in a significant way, in a serious way. And I tell you, I kind of forgotten about it, but it was 25 years ago or so, in a significant way, and uh, accused of something I absolutely did not do. Told by the leaders of that particular movement and by the pastor on a Saturday, just after I got back from Russia. I traveled all the way back to hear them tell me this. Uh, you know, got back in America on a Thursday, got back in Myrtle Beach on a Friday, Saturday morning, went and met them at this church. It was not probably a church you know of, but uh, anyway, and they gave me this good news how basically how wrong I was, how right they were. I could have got a better trial in a civil court because they were moving by so-called revelation, so-called, amen. But you know what? Sunday morning, I got up. This is back in the old days, old days, old days again. This is back in the old days when you wore suits to church. I got up the next morning. I couldn't get the locks. I had all these locks on all this luggage, and I lost the keys. And back in those days, you know, if you were a guy, you didn't go to church without a suit on. And all my suits and stuff were wrapped up in this luggage. So I was out like Saturday after all this stuff happened, with a hammer busting open these little locks like they got on the, on the, uh, on you know, on the luggage. And I got I got my suit and stuff out Sunday morning. I was in church at the father's house. And went there for 20-plus years after that. I'm telling you, sometime we got to move on. Woo! Don't you guys love me? Amen. This is why I get the big money to come up here and do this kind of stuff, right? <laughs> you guys be like, that guy, he's pretty funny, but I just don't know, you know. <laughs> All right, so obviously, I love these guys, Paul and Silas. I mean, this wasn't the first time with them by any means, you know. Um, I'll tell you who else I love is uh, Carol. You'll appreciate this. This is your man, Kel. I was with him and some other guys yesterday morning for breakfast because, you know, he has a little men's group on Saturday mornings, and he's getting ready to go to the Amazon. So he said Amazon. I thought, oh, that's where I buy all my stuff from, you know, but. Kel. Oh, Kel Steiner. Right. He's YWAM and. Carol knows him very well, and like, Carol was a missionary for many years. I think he lived in Singapore for 20 or 19, 10, right? And, uh, you know, there Kel's a similar type, just, you know, been. Yes, he is. Absolutely. <laughs> Much is the key word. Much is the key word. But, um, you know, Kel's just, he's just a real strong individual real strong man of God, you know, he's just one of these guys you want to kind of get close to and have some, hopefully some of it rub off on you, this kind of thing, he's getting ready to go to the Amazon, you know, he's kind of guy that just won't quit, you know, this kind of thing, so, uh, okay, all right, so are you ready for this, now, I'm getting kind of to a crescendo point, right, you say, what time are we going to get out of here, hey, we're in no hurry, amen, we all know the stories about churches way over someplace in another part of the world. They meet for five hours, this kind of stuff. So we're in no hurry. Kidding. <laughs> okay. So, 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 he having received, the jailer having received such a command, threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But about midnight, now I, I realize midnight probably meant the 12th hour. But there's just some, you know, there's some things you could draw out of that. Midnight, when it was the darkest, when it looked like nothing could get any better, when all of us surely would have felt like giving up. But about midnight, when, you know, the middle of the night, you're tired, you know, you're hurting, your feet are in these stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were grumbling and complaining. Is that what your translation says? Now, see, I'm really having fun today. I'm going to say this. This is another one of those things that I might get in trouble for. I don't know if Mark and Jane can hear all this stuff. I wonder if they're on the other end. They're actually live. Okay. (laughs) Oh, praise the Lord. Amen. Another thing that I might get in trouble for. Can I say this? Can I say it? Oh, I got permission. I got permission to say it. <laughs> I'm just going to speak to you like you're my children, you know. Quit the complaining. Amen. Quit the complaining. I, I'm speaking to myself. I don't want to hear it. Amen. We've got a work to do. Yes, you may have something legitimate. If you have something legitimate, go to Mark and Jane or your brother and sister. I'm hurting. I need help. Praise the Lord. Amen. Yeah, Michael was telling me he, that's part of his ministry is, is, is praying for hurting people. Am I kind of right? Deliverance. And, uh, you know, obviously, that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. But I've just found a lot of times that things can persist with complaining for years. We've got a work to do. We've got a calling upon our life. God's got a calling for this group in here today. Amen. We will not stop and we will not quit. And I'm going to say, the will of the Lord's going to be done in our midst in Jesus' name. Like I tell those guys, I say it some of the mission, you say it at the jail one, two, three, four, <laughs> on the floor. You know, I, for years, Sherry would go with me. And uh, one, two, three, four, and on the floor, and out the, out the door. Those guys always love that. I say, you got to jack them up. Boom boy. <laughs> Boom, boy, throw them out. In other words, all the stuff that's been hindering you, you got to knock it out. Amen. Knock it, knock it out, faith. I don't know if they're going to let me speak again or not. One, two, three, four, and on the floor... And out the door. Amen. I think I think I always use it in connotation like the devil's been bothering you. He's been whooping up on you, man. You know, telling you what how lousy you are, can't do nothing right. One, two, three, four, and out the floor, out the door. You gotta jack them up. Boom boy. Throw them out. We're gonna win in Jesus' name. By the way, I would have made a great coach. Right. Right, right, right. We're gonna win. And we're not only gonna win, Alex. We're going to win big. Big. Amen. We're going to win the championship. We're going to go for the gold. We're going to get the trophy in Jesus' name. <laughs> you say, are you almost done? We're, we're getting there. It, ta- it takes me a while sometimes. So about midnight, they weren't complaining. They were praying, singing hymns of praise to God. The prisoners were listening to them. Now, I want to ask you a question. So they were praying, singing hymns of praise where did that prayer and where did those hymns of praise come from? Did they have songbooks with them? Maybe they had, like, little ones in their pockets or something. Where did those, where did those hymns of praise? And yeah, I, I think so, Jamie. Uh, you know the scripture for it. I, scripture I love for it. What does it say? You'll know it when I say it. I love Nancy. The look on your face is so funny. <laughs> I never noticed you had such a hilarious look. It's kind of fun being up front, you know, kind of get to see people from a certain perspective here. <laughs> what what did you say, Jamie? A scripture about the word. Yeah. Oh, that is good. Actually, I wasn't thinking about that one. David said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. The one I was thinking about was the good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good The evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth that which is evil, for out of the abundance of the heart, the the mouth. So where did these guys get this? uh, Where did they get the prayer? Where did they get the hymns of praise from? It obviously came from the depths, the soul of their being. There was a song, which I've I've enjoyed talking with Chuck some about this, Tina. Um, Some of the old Keith Moore songs. See, once again, getting back to the old stuff again. It's just so wonderful. Uh, and Keith Moore actually wrote a lot of songs. He was a well-known individual from the faith movement, still preaching today. He had a great song. It says, something on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. I love that man. Something on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. I've heard it said that, you know, we need to be like, or, or no, in a general way that people are like sponges. And when they get squeezed, what's on the inside, that's what you find out. And you know, my example for this is kind of funny, but I, uh, years ago, this is at work. And, and I actually, I like this guy. He helped me get, get the job, get, get the job there. He was kind of like the supervisor and he was, he was good to me, but he was mad at me about one, something one time years ago. and, And when I get, and I get worked up, man, I'll start going like this. My neck starts to sweat a little bit. I start like rubbing my neck, you know, and so I'm going like this. And so he's just kind of ranting, going on. And then I kept saying, well, praise the Lord. I kept saying, well, hallelujah. Now I was saying it a little low and he was going on so much. I'm not quite sure. He might've heard me, but he might not have. And he was, he was a good Christian man, but, but he was, he was worked up. But uh, I kept saying, hallelujah, because what you're on the inside Will will come out, praise the Lord, for good or for bad. We've all, you know, probably walked that for the good and perhaps for the bad as well, sometimes. So, anyway, they were full of the presence of the Lord. Amen. They were full of Scripture. I thought this was interesting. Bill Johnson, I heard him say this maybe in the last six months. He said that a study was done on uh, Christians, I'm sure,ly in in foreign lands that were, had gone through a lot of persecution, and um, it was what different things did they use to survive that helped them the most, and you know, to, in my mind, which I, I love Bill Johnson, he's definitely one of my favorite teachers, but, and he's a great, he's a great teacher and preacher, but he's really a man of the presence of God, so I thought, well, surely he'll say something about the, 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 the you know, dwelled in the presence, this kind of thing. But he said the the results of the study were interesting to him because the number one answer that came out of all that was memorizing Bible scripture. We don't really put a premium on that, I think, nowadays. Like, perhaps we should. But believers that had been under a lot of pressure in some of these foreign lands, what helped one the one thing, perhaps more than anything else that helped them was they were just full of the word. And when you follow the word, guess what's going to come out? Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I've used that, I'm sure, a thousand plus times through the years when I just felt like drugged down, felt like giving up, man, just felt uneasy about, it, apprehensive about a situation. I just keep saying, Greater is he that's in me. The simple verses if God be for you, who can be? Against me, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do? Ooh, I need it. Amen. So these guys obviously were full of that, and they're just proclaiming it. They're just speaking it out and singing it. Suddenly, verse 26, there came a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison house were shaken. Immediately, all the doors were open. And everyone's chains were unfastened. You can't tell me that wasn't God. I mean, you know, don't come up with something like, Hey, man, an earthquake just happened. Here. No, I don't know of any earthquakes go around knocking, you know, chains off of people's legs and arms and these kind of things, specifically opening up doors. God came down in that place. I'm going to quit with this thought, and it's a thought we all know, but I like to highlight it in our thinking all the more. The Bible says that God enthrones himself upon our praises. And as we lift him up and give him glory, we make a canopy so to speak. And underneath that canopy, the rain of God can fall as we simply speak out. The atmosphere will become conducive for God to show up. And that's my little message today, and maybe some maybe some things to think about. So I thought, I was saying about this earlier, but Anybody that wants to, after, after I pray, we'll all be dismissed. But anybody that wants to, if Sherry wouldn't mind, she would come up and the two of us would just pray and, you know, it may fit for you or it may not. But if there's somebody that, A, if you have a, a problem and you just want the presence of God, of course, come. But B, if you just want a deeper encounter, which I'm sure a lot of us can identify with that, then by all means, come. I've had... You know, people like Catch the Fire Raleigh. I, I, I mentioned this before, but uh, Duncan there. ay ay ay, That guy prays for me. I'm like, whoa, boy. I mean, I'm like, all he got to do is touch me. I'm like, man, I'm like flying back, you know? I mean, uh, so perhaps you want to have a greater encounter with God and you want to be more open to that. After I pray, if you wouldn't mind, come on up. Father, we love you today, dear Lord. We worship you. We magnify you. We thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for the door that's been opened, dear Father. We thank you that it's a door of audience with the King. It's a, a place where we can meet with you, to know you, to experience you, to experience your love, your life, your joy, your peace, everything that we are. We so desire today to have greater open hearts for you. We so desire today to have a greater place of audience with the King, the Lord Jesus Christ. Dear Father, we so desire today to honor you all the more in our lives. Would you guys say this, please? Say, Father God, take my life, use my life, let your will be done with my life, not my will, but God's be done. In Jesus' name, name. we all said amen.